I want to begin with a disclaimer. When I said, if you can't be like Jesus, be like Jess, I was just kidding, okay? Those of you who weren't here last Sunday didn't know the context of that, but I was just teasing uh, uh, Jess a little. I don't know why. It's just fun. And uh, I don't, not that I ever tease anybody else, but um, it's been exciting to watch her grow and mature and not only is she helping in a church, she's helping in multiple churches and multiple ministries because she has a heart for the Lord. And some people just don't. There's some Christians who they love the Lord and they're looking forward to being in heaven with him, but they're not doing much for the Lord. And so we have been doing a Sunday morning series focusing on following spiritual priorities to help get us engaged. And, and we began this actually last year, the last Sunday of last year, learning from the wise men in chapter 2 about following spiritual priorities. Since that time, we have taken uh, one Sunday morning, we looked at focusing your attention on the things of God. Because we live in a world of distractions. It distractions everywhere, and we really need to focus. And secondly, or the next one, organizing your time to follow spiritual priorities. Because you're not going to get more time. So you have to use your time wisely to follow spiritual priorities. And then following spiritual priorities with the best of your energy. Some of you are morning people. You wake up in the morning, you're singing praise to the Lord, you're reading your Bible, you're ready to go. Other people, you really don't like morning. It's not that you're allergic to it, it just kind of feels like it, right? And and you really get geared up. I remember our oldest daughter, Jessica, when she was at home, and she's getting geared up about 11 o'clock at night. Kathy and I are getting ready for bed. And I can remember a few times I would yell at her, Jessica, go to bed so we can sleep. (laughs) She's just ready and wired. And and God has, so you don't have unlimited energy. The Energizer Bunny is not in the house. So you have to limit how you use your energy and use your best energy for the Lord, the best of what you have. And then last week we looked at you are called to truth and love and ministry. We went to Ephesians chapter 4 and we we looked at the church and what Jesus desires to see in his church, in his house. Uh, The church that he calls his body and his bride. He's very particular about his love for the church and about what the church's focus should be on. So um, now we've exhausted everything, so we'll just pray and go home, right? Did you know there's more things to think about, more things to look at? In in fact, uh, yesterday... uh, Ben Qualls and Tim Pennock and I went to an ordination council at Calvary Baptist Church in Mesa, and uh, Keith Gebhard was there, by the way. It was neat to see uh, Brother Keith, and I hadn't seen him for a while, a couple months actually, but uh, we got to spend some time together yesterday, and uh, Chris England, the assistant pastor at Calvary Baptist Church, is be had the ordination council. They're having the service at one o'clock today to ordain him. And I really wanted to participate in that till Tim Pennock pointed out to me, pastor, you can't do both. Uh, 
You can't be here with Jess Murphy and be there. And so I chose you, Jess. So uh, I, I just wanted to be here. It's because my best bud, Randy's here. Now, I, I just really, I, I wanted to be, be in both places, but we couldn't. And so I am here, and I'm excited about it. But it was neat to see this young guy. I don't know how old he is, but he's in his early 20s, and he had a knowledge of Scripture, and he was answering questions. And, I mean, there were probably a dozen guys who were either teaching in Bible school or pastoring churches who were asking him a lot of questions. And he was answering them, and a couple of times he didn't know the answer. He said, I don't know. I haven't studied that that much, but I will. And if you'd like to have coffee with me someday, we could go over it a little more. Uh, But he just did a great job. And so uh, rejoice with them that they get to have this service this afternoon. And we're going to have a service this afternoon too. Jess will answer questions. And she had an unusual growing up life too. It wasn't just as an adult. She grew up on a reservation. And so she can share uh, that. You can ask questions about that. Pretty cool. Uh, how God has worked in her life. And uh, what a blessing that, that God works in us. He doesn't just work on us, right? He works on us, in us, through us, and for us. A few of you remember. On us, in us, through us, and for us. God's at work. And, and we get to be part of what he's doing. So this morning, we're going to look at fulfilling the ministry of Christ in your everyday relationships. Fulfilling the ministry of Christ in your everyday relationships. We're going to start in John chapter 20. There's going to be a few other passages that we'll look at. Uh, But as we're looking at fulfilling the ministry of Christ in your everyday relationships, realize it's not every day that you get to share the gospel with somebody. It's not every day you get to open the scripture and show somebody how to be saved. It's not every day that you get to lead someone to Christ. But every day you get to fulfill the ministry of Christ in some way to someone or multiple people. So... I thought, well, let's look at John 20 and verse 21. John chapter 20 and verse 21. So Jesus said to them again. Now, you have to go back a a couple verses up there. In verse 19, Jesus suddenly was there in the middle of them. And the first thing he said, peace be with you. Because they were a little terrified to have Jesus suddenly show up in the middle of the room when the doors were locked. And then now he's saying to them again, peace to you. They're still a little bit rattled. Peace to you. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So God the Father, now you realize that Jesus Christ is not only the Son of God, he's also God the Son. So when God in eternity past determined to create humanity and to allow humanity to have the opportunity to sin and then to uh, determine that Jesus Christ would be the Savior, uh, God didn't just like throw his son under the bus to save you. Jesus was fully involved in that decision uh, that God made because Jesus is God 
and the Holy Spirit is God. It's one God in three persons, and it really works well. It's a little hard for us to understand, but it works really well, and it's spelled out in Scripture, and we can understand and appreciate it. So uh, when Jesus was sent forth, he was the Godhead. He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and he was sent forth to represent God on planet earth. And so I thought if Jesus is saying, as the Father sent me, so send I you. Well, let's look at Jesus' description of his own ministry while he was on the earth. What did Jesus say he was going to do while he was on the earth? And just uh, read this with me, Matthew 18, 11. Okay, read it with me. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. God determined he would allow man to make a sinful choice. God wants people to love him. He could have made us robots. Yes, Father, we love you. He could have done that. He could have made it so we didn't have the capacity to not love him. But he wanted people who would choose him for his honor and glory, to appreciate who he is. And so he came to seek and to save those who were lost. So as the Father has sent me, so send I you. You are sent to save that which was lost. You're not just sent to be comfortable, which, okay, I have a comfortable chair at home, and we have fairly comfortable chairs in here, right? They're a lot better than the old wooden pews with splinters that I sat on as a kid. Uh, so uh, it, it, I'm not opposed to comfort, especially not comfort food, uh, but, but we have a job to do. As the Father sent me, so send I you. He came to seek and to save the lost. And secondly, Matthew twenty twenty eight. just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. He didn't come so that you could make uh, his life better. He didn't come on earth so the minions could bow before him and appease him. He came to serve and to minister and to care. And I, and I got to tell you, uh, Jessica is not the only one of our missionaries who has a tremendous heart for the Lord. Every single one of our missionaries does. Our Sunday school teachers do. Our Awana leaders do. They have a heart for the Lord. They have a desire to communicate God's truth so people can grow and mature in their faith and so unsaved people can come to know Christ. In fact, on Thursday night uh, uh, in uh, Trek, I had the opportunity because Joel wasn't able to be there. So I got to have his group, and and then I was talking with them. And we have the big teaching time over there, and then we come in here and have little groups. We have small group discussion, and then they work on their memory verse. And and at the end of it, I was asking one of the kids uh, questions from his book. And asked him if he really understood it. And then, and then I, I told him, had, had anyone ever showed him from the Bible where he could for certain know he could be saved? And he said, I'm not sure. And I said, well, would you like me to do that? And he said, yes. And we ran out of time in here. So we went outside there, right under the light, right outside the door. And, and I opened my Bible and I showed him how he could be saved. And he prayed and trusted Christ Thursday night. 
And uh, so you missed out, dude. You missed out. So, uh, but, but as Jessica was saying, you were sowing seed, and I just came along and was involved in the harvest. So uh, we're all partners in what God is doing. In, in fact, if we didn't have a team of 30 to 40 people here ministering in our Awana clubs and trek and journey, then we would not see kids saved. It takes a group of people involved in training, and, and it's not just to get them saved. We also want them to grow and mature in the Lord. All right, let's look at another description that Jesus gave of his ministry. In John chapter 3, you're already in the book of John. Just turn over to chapter 3 or click over to chapter 3. John chapter 3 and verse 16. All right, we should be able to kind of say this one together, but I don't want you to. I want you to look at it. I want you to really think about it, okay? John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God, the Father, he had such passion, so loved. He had such love for the world, which is actually the people of the world. He doesn't particularly love planet Earth. He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. But he loves the people. God so loved the world, not just Arizona, but the world. He loved everybody. He gave his only begotten Son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The reason God sent the son was so people could be saved. And Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. Hey, is there a lot of mess in our world today? Yeah. Yeah, but our major focus is not to support political programs that expose the mess of planet Earth. Our major focus is to advance the gospel so people can be saved. That's why God sent Jesus. That's why Jesus came. And as the Father sent the Son, so the Son sends us. Look at verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. I mean, what if people had had some little logo on their forehead that let you know whether they were saved or not? You know, we, we have a, what do they call it when when there's a terror alert and the Goes the what's what's that scale? No terror. What was it? Defcon. But there's a simpler word. That, but they have a rating scale, okay? And uh, can, that's why I don't get it. It's color based. <laughs> so, if you don't know, I am colorblind. So. Uh, I'm think uh, you know. Anyway, um, it 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 has a gradient scale, right? And and here's not too bad. That's okay. But when it starts climbing up, uh, then we got serious problems. What what if people had that scale, you know? And you walk by and you look at their foreheads and it says almost condemned. It wouldn't say that, would it? 
it would all say fully condemned until they receive Christ. Even if they're getting closer and closer to trusting Christ, they're fully condemned because they've not believed on the name of the Son of God. So Jesus' description of his own ministry on earth, his ministry was connecting people to the Father by revealing the heart of God and sharing the truth of God. That's why Jesus came so that he could connect us to the Father. And you and I have the ministry of connecting to the Father in the name of the Son. That's what he wants us to do. And then he gave a challenge to his followers to his followers before his ascension. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So in Matthew 28, he said there's three things that we're supposed to do. What's the first one? The end of Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Well, go and make disciples. In the process of your life, while you're going in your life, seek to make disciples. And then baptizing them. And then teaching them all things. So we have evangelism, reach them for Christ. We have baptism, instruct them in obedience to Christ. And then we have uh, educate them, teach them all things whatsoever Christ has commanded. And so every ministry of our church, we're trying to do those three things. Reach people, encourage them to obey God and instruct them in God's word. Uh, We find that same thing in Mark 16. And we find it again. Again in Luke 24, and we find it again in Acts chapter 1. And the focus is that as the Father has sent me, I also send you. We are sent by God to do this work. So the most important activity you can pursue in your life on earth is to influence other people toward Christ. That's the most important activity you can do. If you get a chance, you share the gospel. If you don't, you share God's love. You share his love and then share his truth. Has to be in that order. You share his love, share his heart, and then you share his truth, and some people will be saved. Not everyone, but some will if we will do what he wants. And it's more important than the quality of our house or car, even the quality of your life. The quality of your spiritual life is more important than other factors of the quality of life. It's more important than your success on the job. It's more important than your political activity. It's more important than your comfort. It's more important than the exciting adventures that you could pursue to influence others Toward Christ. In fact, excuse me, if you get through your entire life on earth without influencing someone toward Christ, I believe Jesus Christ will think your Christian life was a failure. I'm not saying you have to lead a dozen people to Christ. I'm saying you have to bring them closer to Christ. You're discipling them toward Christ, and you're discipling them in Christ. And if you're not in the process of influencing people for Christ, then you're not following what Jesus said he left you here to do. He left you on earth 
to continue his ministry. So let me give you a couple things you could do that everyone could do, regardless of age, regardless of education. This is something you could do. First, pray evangelistically. Pray evangelistically. Pray generically for people to be saved. Our missionaries love you to pray for them as they're ministering to other people in other parts of the world. And you might not even be able to pronounce the names of the people they're trying to witness to. But pray for them. Pray for people in our community. Pray generically. Just pray that that people would be saved. In fact, we challenge you to pray for the ministries of our church and and to pray uh, for people to be saved and and anybody who was praying on Thursday that somebody might get saved in Awana, you have rejoicing with the Lord. You were partnering with him on that day. So pray generically and then pray specifically. Pray for specific people. People you want to witness to. That neighbor, that grocery store clerk. Pray for God to open opportunities, a window where you can share. Pray for people to be saved. Pray evangelistically. Secondly, develop the discipline of helping people all the time and trying to bring Christ into the conversation whenever it's appropriate. So like where Jesus is doing the work and it's against the law for them to witness for Christ to somebody under age 18. But they can show kindness and grace and model Christ and try and share the gospel with their parents. So do what you can do. Now, if it becomes against the law to share Christ with anybody, which some people would like that to be, you still share Christ. The apostles went to prison for sharing Christ. It's worth it. But start by helping people and then trying to bring Christ into the conversation. And uh, Gary and I were at uh, the VA hospital, uh, I don't know, more than a week ago now, I guess. Uh, We were down at the VA hospital in the waiting room. And uh, VA hospitals are different. All the other hospitals, most people in the waiting room don't talk to each other. But in the VA, everybody talks to each other. What service were you in? You know, what are you here for? Everybody talks to everybody. And one guy's talking to the room at large, you know, and he's sharing his frustration about something in life. And so I mentioned the Lord. Well, that annoyed him. And then so Gary and I mentioned the Lord again uh, differently in a different way to be less annoying to him. Uh, but try just try and build into your DNA that I represent Christ every day and develop the habit of ministering to people Jesus came to serve and then sharing when you can what what the word says and I say when it's appropriate because like I have a neighbor who's an atheist and I have shared the gospel with him very clearly and he has rejected it very clearly so I can't do that every day. I don't knock on his door. Hey, buddy, it's me again. He'd slam the door in my face. But when I talk to him, I talk to him about the Lord, what the Lord's doing in my life, how the Lord is blessed. I try not to be offensive to him, but I want to keep bringing Christ in in a way that's not inappropriate. So it won't offend him horribly, but it will keep the idea in front of him. Thirdly, intentionally talk to people about sin and salvation. How many people think most people in the world would love to have someone tell them a sinner, tell them they're a sinner? 
Most people don't want to hear that. So you bring it up in a way that's, that's kind and gracious, but true. In fact, uh, my, uh, one of, my son had a friend tell him, I went to a church, and the, the way the pastor preached, he thought, I, I, I was a sinner. And so my son said, I think you're a sinner. And then that person looked a little front, and he said, I think I'm a sinner. And that person happened to know I was a pastor. I think my dad's a sinner. Uh, and all of sin, the Bible says. And so he just presented it like that and then didn't push. So it got to break down a barrier there, but intentionally talk about sin and salvation. And then give your time, energy, and money helping people and advancing the gospel message. You know, there's another Murphy who's a missionary now. Her brother Nate is a missionary. And Nathan is helping his parents at Regeneration Reservation. And that makes it sound weak. He feels called of God to serve in the ministry there and partner with his parents. And right now, we can't support him. But if more people gave, we'd sure love to. It's cool to have... Uh, Murphy and Murphy, and we could have Murphy, Murphy, Murphy. And <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a blessing to be able to support missions and to know that when we send that money, they don't use it frivolously. They are servants for Christ, serving and ministering. And we don't give any of them near enough to live on but they're, they're ministering and serving, and it's a blessing. So once you are a believer, nothing is more important than, than uh, loving people and helping people and advancing the gospel message to other people. Nothing is more important than that. So you need to be in the habit of seeking to fulfill the ministry of Christ in your daily life. Because Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I also send you. Or in the King James, so send I you. As the song we're going to sing, so send I you. This is the the challenge that Jesus gave to his disciples after his resurrection, before his ascension. I'm sending you. You are one who is sent. Are you doing what you're sent to do?